0: Hi, good day. My name is Pastor Felix Manzanares and I'm inviting you to Journey Ministries. On Tuesdays at 7.30 p.m. we gather at number 28 Commercial Avenue and we gather and to encourage, to build up and to strengthen one another. We look forward to coming together every week with the Journey family and to add new people to the Journey family weekly. We believe that God is doing amazing things in and through us and some of the most amazing things He will do will be with you and through you. So God bless, and see you next Tuesday at 7.30 p.m., number 28, Commercial Avenue. Until then, do enjoy a message of encouragement and of hope from Journey Ministries. God bless.
1: Guys, Um, One of the
0: mandates that I got this year was that I must lead free people and I'm going to be leading free people and I was like, Lord, what does that look like? And I'm going to try to dissect some of that tonight. Um, But before I do that, I want to share some of my recent encounters because I believe that as we share, we release something in the atmosphere for you to believe. I was um, listening to a pastor preach before I came here, A minister at uh, Bethel, and he said that, you know, where there's um, intimacy, there'll be expectancy. Um, And I believe that when you get intimate with God, when God becomes so real to you, you wanna expect. If God is far from you, you don't expect anything, you know? And and I'm believing also that there's there's a thing in the Caribbean that we just generally believe in God, but we don't expect anything. We believe God, I know God, but we don't expect him to change our lives. We don't expect him to make supernatural provision for us. We don't expect him to heal us. And so there's limited expectation, but we believe. And I've been looking at the scriptures, and a lot of times when people believe, like even when somebody didn't believe, here we to ask Jesus, increase my, um, um, help me my unbelief. It actually, means help me my faith. And so, anytime you find yourself in a position where there's no faith and no belief, ask Jesus, in- increase my faith in the circumstances. And I guarantee you that God will do that. Um, I want to share something uh, about uh, two weeks ago. Vanessa, um, she's not here tonight. She said, "Bless you guys." She's catering. Um, Vanessa's been with the church for like two months almost, um, she's from Canada, I think she's from Asian descent, but she has a strong gift of prophecy, and she's bold with the love of God in it, and um, she prayed about two weeks ago on a Tuesday that we will be a prophetic church, that we are a prophetic church, she declared that, and um, Dorothy said receive it, you remember that guys, and um, and she also prayed that we would get dreams and stuff, and, and recently I've been getting dreams, um, and I've been getting dreams that don't go away. Not bad dreams, just dreams that just God just put his finger on something. And I just want to share with you the guy said he would come in tonight, but he's not here. So I'm going to just leave his name blank, but I'll tell you the scenario. I'm um, Somebody that I know personally, but don't have that much in contact with, had a birthday about five days ago. And I saw when you go on Facebook, you see the person's, um, you know, um, happy birthday, and everybody posts a picture or whatever. And I was just like, I didn't even wish him happy birthday, so it didn't really get on my radar too much. But I had a dream about four nights ago about this person. And in this this dream, they were by a table, like, like a poker table, but it wasn't that much cards, it was just three cards in his hand, and he was very focused on the cards that he had. And I called him up and I was bold all day from morning. I was thinking about this and I'm 8.30 last night. I was like, let me call this guy. but Let me set the tone so he don't be so weird. So uh, so it'll be so weird someone to call you. A mother man called you and say, I had a dream about you. <laughs> Richard, if I call you, he never talked to me in like four years or two years. How would you feel? He said, I had a dream about you. Eh, time out brother. I don't go that way. but. Click, right? But I had to set the, the pace for the conversation. I said, hey bro, you know have been doing ministry and god been really using us and I'm gonna tell you a dream that I had about you. If you, if it makes sense to you, receive it. If it doesn't make sense, just reject it and let's talk about your birthday party and what you did. He said, cool. And I told him, I said, in this dream you were sitting by a table, do you play cards? He said, no, I don't play cards. I'm not even good at cards. All right. I said, well, this is gonna make sense then. I said, let me ask you a question. Um, are you gonna be making, are, are, do you have three decisions, I said, that you have to make right now. And he paused for like a good half a minute, and I was like, wow, that's crazy. And um, and he said, Felix, continue. I said, okay. I said, um, there were three cards in your hand, and I feel that you were looking at these three cards. I couldn't see what's on the cards, but there were like three important decisions that you need to make. Does that make sense to you? He said, there's three business opportunities that he's about to submit, uh, and potentially start businesses. and." I was like well, this, I just wanna let you know that God um, sees what you're doing and he, I believe he gave you ideas for this and I believe that God's gonna bless your business and I believe that he's gonna um, give you the right connections, and I began to encourage him um, with the heart of God and, and I told him at the end, I said, God is closer to you than you think. You know, because sometimes because we're not in a relationship with God, we feel that God is far from us. No, God is so near to us, and the Bible says that His hand is not short; that He cannot save or within reach. Right? Um, when Jesus Christ was preaching, He was always preaching that the kingdom of God is within reach or at hand. And so I blessed him, and then um, I encouraged him to come, and, and he didn't come, but that's okay. Um, I also been, um, been been struggling, not struggling, but remembering this number um, when I went to. Church of God, like two weeks ago, three weeks ago on a Sunday, this number came in my mind, this 4215. And I see some new faces, so I'm going to take a risk. I, does that number make sense to you guys? 4215. And you could give me some feedback. 4215. Can I tell you what I think it is? And then some somebody can help. I think that it could potentially be that the person may be born um, on February 4th, um, or the person might be 42, and the birthday is potentially um, 15. Like my birthday, December 15. Does that make sense to anybody? That somebody is 42, um, the birthday 15. I just write it down, as I said. And um, or does February 4th mean anything? Anniversary, birthday, nothing. It doesn't make sense. Just reject it. I just try nothing. You know, it's okay. It's alright. Um, and about it, no? Kids, okay. All right, so write it down though. 4215. If you if it comes across, I don't know what it means, but I I, I wasn't obey, obedient when it came to talk to anybody about it, so I'm just releasing it out there. Um, the second thing I want to talk about is really a dream, a third thing I really want to talk about is a dream that I had about Nikolai. Uh, my son is named Nikolai. Um, He's 10 years old, a crazy guy, looks like me when I was 10, but real slimmer, thank God. Um, <laughs> And he's very courageous, very brave. He, 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 he loves God, you know, etc. And um, in, in South Africa, a number of dreams, I start to dream more um, as I land in South Africa. In fact, when I arrived at South Africa, and I passed through the little um, windows or the doors, when you arrive in Johannesburg, the arrivals, when you're picking up people, you know, when you picking up people that arrive in, I felt the presence of the Lord touch me. Hold on, does that number make sense to you? just right i can't even add right now <laughs> six seven five all right i'm gonna dig into that all right uh, governmental disciple let's take it all right god thank you for that thank you profeta in the corner there i appreciate it thank you lord for your word all right good this might make sense then and so when, when I was dreaming, um, I had a dream there, it was so, so dramatic in a positive sense, um, and it, it, it shaped my heart and it made me draw closer to my son. Um, and the dream was this, it was a father, and I believe it was me, a father holding his son, and a builder building a road before us. And so I just want you to imagine, it's not those like um, asphalt bypass roads, it's one of those dirt roads that somebody's just kind of laying up bricks on. So an older person than me, is building a road in front of me, and I'm holding my son. And I'm walking this path with my son, with Nikolai. Now behind us now, there is somebody that is agitated, that we are, I don't know, taking our time or wants to overtake us. You know people are on the road, road rage. And they beep, 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 and we just kept on walking, and they pulled around us, and then they part, and then begin to throw stones at us. When they throw stones at us, me and the person who was building, so the guy who stopped building out came with me and we protected Nikolai. And so this was the dream that I had. And I'll tell you what I think. Um, I think that stones are accusations. You know, when you stone somebody, you accuse. And I believe that I believe that, <clears throat> that the Trinity is represented in his dream. The Trinity and also what God wants to do in the nation. So you have a father leading the son. And you have a builder building a road, which is a path. The builder in the Bible is also the Holy Spirit. He, he equips us, right? He builds us. He, 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 he lays the foundation. He empowers us, all the different stuff. Um, the father leads the son. The son follows the father. And what I believe that God was saying to me personally was that Nikolai represents a generation that we need to lead. And the person before us represents the Abraham. I believe in the Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob generations. I believe that the generations should work it together. What has not happened so far is that a generation has taken what that previous generation did and built upon it and took it further. If you look at the uh, of the spiritual context in Cayman, it's actually, it looked like it's declining because there was no stewardship. What, what happened was, there was a group of people that were sold out for God and had a strong foundation, but they didn't father the next generation. They didn't mother the next generation. They didn't empower the next generation. What they did was get people to come to church, but they didn't disciple. They didn't build up. They didn't lead. They didn't bring them into encounters. They didn't plan the path before them and say, all right, son and daughters, preach, teach, sow, pray for the sick. Do all these different stuff? No, they just created good little pews. And what I'm trying to say is that what this church is going after it might bring accusation, because if they prosecute Jesus, they'll prosecute us, right? Yeah. Um, if if you if you operate in the supernatural, it makes people uncomfortable. I shared it last week that um, the guy who was demon possessed, um, that had legion, the the demons were like legion, a bunch of them in him. When he was demon-possessed and in the grave, nobody's scared of him. You see, when he gets free by the power of God, people are like, I gotta get out of here. Why? Because people expect you to continue in your mess. People don't expect you to be free. But when people begin to get free, accusation will begin to come. Accusation will begin to come and say, you're not truly free. You got this little spot there and I take off. Let me throw this stone at you. Oh, no, 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 you know. And it's that idea and those thought patterns that begin to release. And so as I begin to see this dream, my job as a father in the house is to protect what God is doing, is to defend what God is doing, is to be my brother's keeper and for you to be my brother's keeper because in community, in relationship, I learn from you, you learn from me, and we grow together. But if we isolate ourselves, then guess what happened? We would actually accuse our own self. But when we get closer and we say, Richard, what do you mean by that? And you hear the heart of Richard, or you hear the my wife's heart, or hear somebody, you actually give us grace and we actually learn, and we can make a space as pretty as this. This didn't just come because I thought of it. It, it. it came because you ask people questions, what do you think about this? How can you do this? And then collectively, guess what? If we work together, God gets the glory. Right? And so, as I begin to think about this thing about free people, I begin to think about, well, what is the number one thing that free people need to know? And I believe that the number one thing that free people need to know is that they're accepted. If you don't feel accepted in the harms of God, you're going to walk around with a spirit of rejection and offense. In the Bible, when... When Paul was, was reached by God in the road to Damascus, and, and for 14 years, God began to reveal revelation to him, and he talks about his journey in Acts, he wrote to a, a group of people in an area called Galatia, um, Asia Minor, I think, around that area there, and it's the book of Galatians. And when you read this book, you read a heart of a father that is perplexed by the errors of his kids that went back into legalism and religious. So he, he opens up and he says this. He's like, who bewitched you? You started out in the spirit. You started out knowing that you are forgiven, that you're set free, that you're whole, that you're accepted. And then all of a sudden, somebody comes and slithers in your conversation and says, boy, Sarah, you're not really free now. Felix, you're not really free now." And they begin to list what freedom looks like. This process of unattainable uh, measures that they promote and they Subject to you. And he's talking to these people. And he says to them, listen. Who bewitched you? When I came, you received the gift of the Spirit. When I came, you got adopted as sons and daughters. When I came, the Holy Spirit was working in you. Who bewitched you? Because the religious spirit doesn't care if you grow and reflect Jesus. They just want you to have some form of godliness. They just want you to look look the part. And get the church jargon. But they don't want you to really come in freedom. And so what happened was he had to write to these people and he shares his heart. One of the things he shares with them is in Galatians chapter 5. You want to turn there real quick? Turn there real quick. I'm going to read from the passing translation. And I'll be quick. Because I want to share those dreams and write down those things. And thank you for that revelation. Gina and there. Yeah? Galatians. And you get there, say amen. Galatians 5. I think the first verse it says, let me start up. out. Galatians 5 verse 1, it says, Let me be clear. I'm reading from the Passion Translation, but just follow. Let me be clear. The Anointed One has set us free, not partially, but completely, and wonderfully free. <laughs> we must always cherish this truth and stubbornly refuse to go back into the bondage of our past. Let me repeat it again. In the Passion Translation, this is why it's like a devotional translation. Let me be clear. The Anointed One, Jesus, has set you free, not partially, but completely. And wonderfully free. We must always cherish this truth and stubbornly refuse to go back into the bondage of our past. Now, this is what people are believing. People are believing that we're sinners saved by grace. But in 2 Corinthians 5, it says, if you have come to Christ, you are new creation. You're no longer a sinner saved by grace. You're now a saint. And now you have a new, a newness in you, a new, a new creation that never existed before. It's not like going into Nike and buying a new pair of shoes. No, it's like you know, before there was an iPod, there were cassettes. It's a new invention. And so what God has done through Jesus Christ and released his spirit for us to be born again, like he told Nicodemus, it's something new. And so they partake in this newness and he says, do not go back to traditions or ways to get righteousness from God. Am I against tradition? No. What I am against is trying to do things in the flesh to gain God' favor. All we can receive it is by faith through grace. When I begin to look at freedom and I say, well, what, what are we free from? The Bible says that we are free from the bondage of sin and death. It says the wages of sin, are of death. And they just think about it when we live in a lifestyle contrary to God, the payment that we receive is death. Death in our relationships, death in our life. Now, the enemy does a really good advertisement, right? He tells you all this. This is the brand new car, and you could just sign up with zero percent down, no financing. And then you just hear these little, you know, the lines at the bottom that you can't see. And if you go, just call me now. That's all he does with your life. He doesn't tell you that those fine prints are gonna mess you up. He doesn't tell you that you come into a greater bondage than you ever experienced when you fall. He just gives you a good little marketing Slogan. The enemy comes to kill, to steal, and destroy. But the Bible says he comes to give life and life abundantly. So when I think about freedom, I think about the freedom from sin. Now Adam didn't have a sinful nature, but he sinned. So it doesn't mean that sinners can't sin. It just means that we don't drive it automatic. We're free. Because the anointed one has set us free once and for all. How do we receive that um, freedom? We receive it by, by faith. I was speaking to Nicole and a couple of days ago. And I was saying, if Daddy, he was just talking to me and he said, I want an Xbox. I said, Daddy said I had an Xbox for you right now. What would you do? i come and get it. So here's the church. God says, you're the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus. God says, I am in you and you are in me, and the kingdom of God is within you. And we're seated in heavenly places above all principalities, above all our powers, and all different stuff. He tells us that, but we say, Daddy, I want that, but it's yours. Come and get it. How do we get this? How do we get this inheritance? We appropriate it by faith. Now, in the Bible it says that, you know, or even in, in law, you know, if, if you pass away and your heir is younger than 18 years old, I believe, you have to create a trust or somebody to ensure that when they come of age, they get it. In the Old Testament it was just that. God always intended us to have a wonderful relationship with him, but it was, it was a law, it was put in place until we grew up. And when Jesus Christ came on the scene, he allowed us to get back in a right relationship with God. And that no longer are we distant, because what sin is, is we're missing the mark. Even in our best days, the Bible says it's like our, our righteousness is like filthy rags. So but think about that movie, Brave, with that young lady, you know, and she pulling back her arrow, and everybody else missing the mark, but she's hitting it. But we miss the mark in our best day, and God restore us to his glory through Jesus Christ. In Colossians 2, got five minutes. In Colossians 2, verse 14 to 15, I want to read this. Colossians is an awesome book, Regulations book, but Colossians is an awesome book because it deals with the supremacy of Jesus. And we live in a world that doesn't really talk about the supremacy of Jesus anymore. They just talk about the supremacy of tradition and religion. And in Colossians 2, let me find this. Let you find this, say amen. amen. I should be on my iPod. Alright, got it here. Colossians 2, verse 14 to 15. I'm going to read from the Passion again. It says, He canceled out every legal viol- violation we had on record an old ar- arrest warrant. <laughs> That's awesome. He canceled out every legal violation we had on a record and our old arrest warrant that stood to indict us. He erased it all, our sins, our stains, our soul. He deleted it all. They cannot be retrieved. You should underline that. They cannot be retrieved. Your past cannot be retrieved in Christ. Everything we once were and Adam has been placed onto his cross and nailed permanently there, permanently there as a public display of cancellation. So I want you to think about on your worst day, and God says, On your worst day, I loved you and I died for you. And now because you received me, I no longer remember your record. You, the fool, are going back to it every day. I'm not going back to it. You, the one that allowing people to accuse you. now. Nah. don't walk in shame. I've blessed you. I've encouraged you. I'll give you my spirit to you. I call you son and daughter. You sit at my table. You get fellowship with me. Don't worry about that stuff. And so what does the Bible say? They accuse of the bread what he's doing. He's bringing back our files. Mm-hmm. You remember this day? On February this and March this. And you just got to tell him, the blood. <laughs> the
1: blood.
0: You see, what we have is that in the church, we have a lot of information. So you have everybody, study your Bible. I believe in reading your Bible. But if this Bible is not a revelation to you, it has no power. It's just a word, just like any other book. But if you're not acting up on this in faith and it doesn't be a part of your spirit, it's not a revelation, there's no power. The enemy knows the Bible, he'll actually trick you with it. So he's saying to you right now, he's saying, you cannot, I can't even go back there in my mind about your worst day. He says, everything we once were in Adam has been placed onto his cross, nailed permanently there as a public display of cancellation. Verse 15 says this, then Jesus made a public spectacle of all powers, all the powers and principalities of darkness, stripping away from them every weapon and all their spiritual authority and power to accuse us. So he says this, I no longer remember them. And guess what? The enemy can't even recall that to put before you because I have dismantled him. I have taken away that authority, and like, but you need to see it, you need to believe it, and receive it. And it says all, the stripping away from them every weapon and all their spiritual authority and power to accuse us. And by the power of the cross, Jesus led them around as prisoners in a procession of triumph. He was not their prisoner, they was his. I want you to think about this freedom that God brings you in. This is what God does. He frees you spiritually as you're born again. You know, we're free born again. When we're free born again, guess what happens? Our soul still needs to be renewed. How do we renew? Well, we put more God in. We're free, we cancel and everything, but God wants us to receive and believe and stand up on what he says and who he says we, we are. But what happens is this: what, if I don't allow you to think that you're accepted, then you can't receive the inheritance. If I make you think that you're a legitimate child, and you're not supposed to be at a the table, then guess what? You don't have the fullness of your Father with you. And you could begin to act like that. And think like a pauper when you're actually a queen. When you're actually a king. So when I think about freedom, guess what? I am free because I am fully accepted and established in the love of God. And I am no longer a slave to sin, but my whole body and my mind is being used as an instrument of righteousness. This is like how... Um, my my friends Sarah and Lucas play the instruments up here your body, your entire being is being used by God Now, here's what I want to tell you this you need to renew your mind and how you think, the bible says repent repentance is simply renewing your mind I need you to believe that you are who said God says you are that you're not bondage to your worst sin and to your worst day I had a situation over the weekend and God gave me the revelation. You had a terrible moment, but you're not a terrible person. You know how did gave give me peace,
1: man? I'm
0: not, a, I'm not a terrible person, I just had a bad moment. And at the end of the night, God allowed my whole family to get an opportunity to redeem ourselves. We went to the supermarket and there was a young man there, drunk as drunk could be. He approached my wife, he knew her, and now, I came around the back, you know, pop a beer, watching from a distance and coming close, and I noticed there was no threat or anything. I read it, Lucas, I read it, like did that whole Terminator thing in my mind, and no weapons and stuff, and everything good. And the family went, and they shot for an hour. And for an hour, I stood outside with this guy, trying to persuade this guy to give me his keys to his car. I talked about everything under the sun. I asked him where he went to college, where he worked. His mother called, his mother called, and said, get some eggs and some milk. And I'm like, let's go. He almost fall down, going into the supermarket, walking. I respected him. I gave him like a five feet distance, just in case to catch him. At the end of the day, he eventually gave in. And I look at him and I'm like, this man is a prisoner. He's a prisoner to the, to, the, to the affairs of his heart. He tell me why he was drinking. He not dealing with peeing his life properly. And I'm not judging him. I just want him to get home safe. And at the end of the day, you know what, I hugged him. I told him best we check if we didn't check on him, but I just felt that God would give me, in my worst day in a long time, an opportunity to be a friend and to be Jesus to someone. That's all God wants us to be. Today at Simboko, that's the restaurant I go if you wanna ever see me between nine o'clock and ten, I go there. <laughs> and there was this other guy that have a heart, heart problem. You know, um, he just one of those guys that making a lot of bad decisions. He's fifty years old. He's and he just came you know, he always got a, a soft story and 80% of what he get himself into, he gave he himself into it, the trouble. But guess who car he put the coffee on top of? Oh my car. So I go out to get my wallet I have to pay the bill. Guess what? This guy pops his coffee. He said, Baba, you always help me. And I was like, oh God, no, I got my wallet. And he go, No, I got money. I'll get out of this now. I wasn't feeling whole. i like, Lord, just get some money out of here.
1: Just me, Jesus.
0: And I said, okay then, what's up, man? He said, boy, and I work. He look at my hand. He looked like he, what he telling me is that authorities, and let just put that way, authorities actually hurt his hand, but he couldn't, he couldn't prosecute. That's the best way to explain to me. His hand is swollen and it's broken. I said, well, oh, God, I can pray for this hand. So we went. I said, where your passport? He said, passport in the bush across symbol. I said, in the bush oh, across symbol. I said, why you get there? He said, because it was raining one night, he hid it. Then he telling me now that he getting married. but That's why he need. He passport. So you getting married to who though? One girl I know a long time. I said, Oh God, be careful of a marriage of convenience. All this conversation is happening now, right? I'm saying, Lord, I carried the guy to Old Red Gate, uh, our old place, and I pray for him. Nothing happened. But what what really happened is that it changed his perspective of what help looks like from God. And that's awesome. What really also happened is that just five minutes before he came, I text something on my Facebook, and I said, look out for opportunities that God would want you to love people in your environments. How this country is going to be changed is free people freeing people. I don't care about who people see me with, with people that, you know, kind of weird, I don't care. I know I am accepted. And because I'm accepted, I'm on a hunt to tell, the, tell you might be far from God? You're accepted, and God wants you free. The last thing I'm going to tell you is this guy. If we're going to close here. You can play some keys for me. This guy in the Bible at the gate called beautiful. He's a beggar, and he is ordained or okayed by the government to beg. They would give him like a cloak to beg. Peter and John comes to the time of prayer at um at the temple, and he reached out his hand and said, "Peter and John, pretty much, give me a little." That's what I got today. Give a little blessing to man because long time I know you're the virgin. And this is what they said to him. The Bible says that they said, Silver and gold I do not have. But in the name of Jesus, get up and walk. And that's what was permanent in my heart towards this man. I said, Lord, I just pray that you give him break. I still believe for his hand to be fully restored because he was rocking when I was praying for him. I said, Lord, you're touching me. I said, You feel God touching me? He said, Yeah. And um, I just want to encourage you today that I know God heals us physically. That man walked, got up and leaped for joy. That joy only comes from your soul. So the man was healed in his soul, in his mind, in his emotions. But also the Bible says he praised and worshipped God. So you know what I mean? He was also saved. He was spiritually saved. He was physically healed. And he was healed emotionally called deliverance. And I want to pray for you if, if you feel in bondage to something. You don't have to list it. You don't have to whatever. If you feel in bondage to things, let you know that Christ has freed you once and for all. How do we receive that freedom? It's by faith. Because nothing can separate, us. the Bible says, from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. Nothing. The Bible says no principality, no powers, no, no authorities, nothing, no demons, nothing can separate from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. And guess what he says? Nothing present. Nor things to come. And the one thing that he didn't mention there was your past. Because <laughs> your past is no longer yours if you're in Christ. Amen. The cross has taken your past. And heaven has access to that. And you know heaven is not going to accuse you. How do I know when the enemy is talking to me or trying to impact me through people or circumstances? Where is the Where's the tone of that voice? Accusation. Doubt. God didn't call me to doubt. God called me to affirm me as a son. God didn't call you to doubt. God called to affirm you as a daughter. And he wants to release truth in you so you can stand upon it. How do we get delivered? We expose the light. I am a daughter of God. I am a son of God. And that will take care of all of things. And then we accept. God wants intimacy with you. He wants intimacy with all of us. Guess what? He wants to download things in his heart for us so that we can make a difference in the place he has planted us. Let's bow our heads and pray. Lord, we just ask you, And as this message of freedom go forth for, I just pray that, that you would set the stage of grace right now in the hearts of men and women. And that, Lord, that you would begin to work in such a way in everyone's heart here that they will know that they are accepted. And if there's a shadow of a doubt, Father God, that they might not be right with you, today is the day of salvation. And my prayer is for these people to be whole spiritually, physically and emotionally in their father so Holy Spirit come now Come now and show them give them a smile in their spirit give them a joy that has been gone for a long time To let them know that they are their father's son and daughter and you have called them into a relationship to be one with you So we just bless your hand touching men and women tonight in their children and their families and we bless that transition from death into life, from darkness into light, from lies into truth. We dispel the enemy right now. We remove the grip in the mind and the body and the soul. Anyone here, we apply the blood of Jesus that has been sacrificed once and for all and has bought us and redeemed us and given us back to God. And now we are saints, holy and righteous and justifiable.